back to the Spring to Life podcast. I'm Caitlin. I'm your host. I'm a hormone health coach, a fertility awareness educator, Pilates instructor, and creator of the Spring to Life method. And my goal is to bring you feminine body independence. I want you to be able to achieve regular painless periods, prep for pregnancy, or monitor your fertility depending on your goals. And we do that through education. And I'm so excited to be bringing back the podcast in 2024. Took a little bit of a hiatus, but I'm back and we've got some great content coming up. Starting today, I have a very special guest. I have Merit, the founder of Replenish Lifestyle. She's a women's health and lifestyle coach and also a former client of mine. And I am so excited to talk to her, not only about her own hormone health journey, but where that has led her in her career today and some of her insights on women's health and feminine energy. This is gonna be a great conversation. So Merit, I mentioned you were a, a client of mine, but I would love for you to give an introduction of yourself, tell the audience a little bit about you. Yes, thank you, Caitlin. It is so great to be here. I'm really happy to be on the podcast today. But um, I had definitely a very individual journey, I guess, into wanting to go down a health coaching path. And working with Caitlin was definitely a huge part of me, like some healing that I need, still needed to go through, but also really showed me like, wow, I really love this dynamic and would love to do this moving forward as a career. So that was a great kind of launching point into that. And we connected randomly through Instagram, like through a, um, like a, what is it called? Like a webinar that you were doing. Um, mm-hmm. so it was funny to connect that way and then be connected now over a year later. I think we started working together around this time last year. So it's great to be here, but I feel like I had a, what I went through seemed like I was the only one going through it at the time. And then now mm-hmm. being in this space, I know it's a pretty common experience, unfortunately, but I was put on birth control when I was 17 because of really painful periods that I was experiencing. And I was taught that that was the only solution to that um, symptom. So I was put on that as a way to heal that symptom, which I now understand that that is not actually what takes place, but took birth control for about four years for the entire time that I was in college. And then graduated in 2020 and just with everything that was going on in the world. And I just noticed a lot in myself of things that I wasn't happy with and really was in a space, thankfully, with just kind of the slowing down. I moved back home and could take a look at my symptoms and the healing that I wanted to experience. So got off birth control kind of abruptly, which I now would not recommend to anyone that I work with. I just decided one day that I was making changes and that being on birth control wasn't supporting the advancement of those. But getting off of it so abruptly and coming from such an unhealthy lifestyle leading up to that, I just, my body was like completely thrown out of whack. My hormones completely got imbalanced. And I, that next year experienced um, very chronic acne. I gained, I think 50 pounds of weight over that course of that year. It probably was more than that. At that point, I was like scared (laughs) to get on the scale anymore. So I stopped. Um, But I just got to a point where I was like, I don't even recognize myself anymore and what has happened. And went kind of down the um, like Western medicine route. I really wanted to get some blood work done to understand what my hormones were doing. It turns out I did develop hypothyroidism as a result of just my hormones being thrown out of whack from birth control. And that did cause the weight gain that I experienced. And I very quickly realized through meeting with doctors that I just didn't think my answers were going to be there. Um, I wasn't someone that wanted to be on medication for the rest of my life, I wanted to like get away from that. I felt very damaged by taking a pill every day and didn't see that as something that I was going to want to continue. So really did a lot of research on my own and trial and error and um, got to a point where those symptoms have healed and balanced. I think I'm continuously going to be kind of relearning and reworking stuff as I progress, but have gotten to the other side of it and now just feel such a big calling into really if there was someone that like, when I was going through that, like being the person that that person would have needed, or I needed at the Mm -hmm. time and didn't have the resources to find and just helping someone that's going through a really similar experience, especially um, healing from birth control. And like, we're going to discuss today, like reconnecting with your femininity. I think those Mm -hmm. go hand in hand. So it was a big journey over the last three years. But um, I feel like being on the other side, you can just tell everyone that's kind of in the thick of it, like, you'll get through it and um, Mm -hmm. through like some different changes and just addressing your lifestyle, addressing your nutrition and that sort of thing that you can get to the other side and find some actual true life-changing healing. So 
Yeah, it's so true. Like when you're in the thick of it, it feels like, you know, feeling like maybe 40, 50% of your best is like as good as it's going to get. And nobody really understands what you're going through, but it just takes time. And then you get on the other side and you feel so much better. And like looking at you now, you're just absolutely glowing. Your hair is shining and luscious. Um, And, you know, you, I think we're just in it was like the perfect timing for you to make these changes. Cause when we started working together, you were like a dream client because you were such a self-starter. You had done so much research already. You really like was, were starting to know what was going on with your body and you were just ready to take the reins and like make those changes. And when you really get in the driver's seat of your health, that's when you start to see these amazing changes and up levels and like that glow up kind of feeling that spring to life feeling. Yeah, definitely. We're kind of all chasing. I know I can't express enough like our work together. And I, if you would have asked me probably at the time, I was like, oh, I've, I don't need to work with someone. I've done all of this research and I've like, I feel like it's never good to come at anything with like, you know, it all. And mm-hmm. I just, we connected and I was like, I just feel a pull to work with her. I feel like I'm going to gain a lot and get some, I still had some unanswered questions. And when we, I know there's like multiple things I could speak to, but with, through our work together, there was some things about my cycle that I was still dealing with. And I like normalized them. And you were like, no, no, that's not normal. Like that's something that you need to look into. And like, here's some guidance to hear, heal that. And I hadn't ever learned that before. And I just feel like for anyone else that might've gone through a few years of their own research and their own like self-discovery with that, I can't express enough, like the value of working with someone that can just bouncing ideas off of each other and sharing things can reveal some stuff that you've not addressed yet that still needs some healing. So that was just completely invaluable. Oh, I'm so happy to hear that. I love that. And, you know, you're a true testament to all of the work and all of the things that holistic healing can do. Um, So maybe why don't you tell a little, because in the past year, since we finished working together, you, I remember had a corporate job and you've made Mm -hmm. a huge life transition because you are now a women's health and lifestyle coach. So how has that evolution been over the past year or so? Yeah, it's been crazy. I, I'm needing to put some time aside, like probably starting tomorrow to really reflect on the past year and really get ready for 2024. It's been a crazy month. So I haven't had time to really do that yet. I like to do that at the end of every year, but it's been a whirlwind. I was in corporate, was really unhappy, um, just felt really unfulfilled. And I knew that I was felt a calling to be in the health world and didn't understand what that path was going to look like. Um, but I felt like the longer I stayed in those positions, it was just going to further like separate me between what I really wanted to do and just doing something to like pay the bills and being unfulfilled in that position. So, um, really this past summer, like took a jump and started showing up on social media, which is very intimidating. Mm -hmm. Um, and I remember I was still, um, like not confident enough to really show my face on social media for a while. And that's been a lot of growth, like getting on there and speaking and connecting. And, um, I have my own feelings about social media, but I think if you really have a desire to help people, it is a tool to do that and is a tool to connect. And that's how I frame it for myself with, um, being active on there, but just started sharing stuff that I believe about just lifestyle, femininity, health, birth control, and healing. I think healing is something that I always come back to as far as like what I really want to drive home for people, but also not healing in a way that you feel like you always have to be working on yourself, like healing in a way that you can get to a point where you reflect and you've made great changes, but you don't always feel like you're a project that has to be fixed. That's something I had to Mm -hmm. uncover for myself that I couldn't just be like healing for my life. Like I needed to have some markers that would get me to where I felt like I was making progress. So Um, just really organically grew through there and started working with clients, kind of started working with some friends first, just some people in my life that I love and felt like I had some knowledge I could share with them or things um, that I noticed, like maybe they're on birth control or are having hormonal issues and just really imparting stuff that I had experienced and how true I believe it to be. And just from a point of wanting to help people that I care about and then growing that into, um, working with clients that just organically come through Instagram. That's been a really big learning process with just connecting Mm -hmm. with people and how I can share with people, how I can help them. And then I actually am really excited. I have been wondering what to do like more full-time. I definitely am going to continue health coaching and having that clients to work with, but I've been wanting to 
get some hands-on experience. So I actually just got a job offer today for a functional medic medicine clinic here where I live locally. So I'm going to be a wellness assistant there, um, which is really exciting. I'm really excited for just the knowledge and like the hands-on experience I'm going to gain in that and how that can transfer into working with clients in a virtual way. And hopefully I would love to grow into having in person. I feel like you just can't beat the in-person connection. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Oh, that's so awesome. Congratulations yeah. on the new job. That sounds Thank like you. just the perfect cohesion of everything coming together this year for you. That's so great. I know. It's just, I like would not, I'm just so grateful. I would not have expected that to come through. And I think the way like title wellness assistant is so cute. So mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm really excited for that. And I'm just, yeah, I can't wait for like what will continue to unfold with that path. So it's really exciting. Oh, that's so amazing. And honestly, I feel like that really leads into the conversation I really wanted to have with mm -hmm. you on this podcast because you took a leap of faith, but you were following where like your energy was pulling you. So maybe you can even tell me how, because I, I've had one like corporate job in my life mm -hmm. and I only lasted about <laughs> six months there. Um, and it was just like, I, so I came from the background of being a professional ballet dancer and I lived this life where I was a lot, mostly working like seven days a week, six days mm -hmm. a week in the studio other day, you know, probably in a service industry job to supplement my income, working so hard all of the time. So as bittersweet as it was for me to leave this creative arts career in ballet, I was really excited to get like a real job and mm -hmm. I'm going to have more time to myself. I'm going to be able to, you know, explore more hobbies and like get into different things and, um, you know, even like dress more the way that I want to dress. Mm -hmm. And what happened was I was just completely exhausted and, um, just like downtrodden because I mm -hmm. was basically doing phone sales in this corporate yeah. job, you know, it had a different title, but that's what it was. And it was really soul sucking. I felt so miserable all of the time and removing that myself from that environment allowed me the space to really explore what I wanted to do. And it's been, you know, six or seven years since then. And I have gotten lots of different certifications mm -hmm. and explored all of my interests, but it has led me to feeling much more in tune with my energy so what has that shift been like for you? Um, and maybe we can bring in the, the terms of masculine and feminine mm -hmm. energy as well. Yeah, I feel the same way in corporate. I think I was in college and also it's, it's weird for me to reflect on college because those the four years I was on birth control were the four years I was in college. So I feel really detached from that experience. But I was you know, a good student, I was told to like do well in school and get a corporate job when you graduate and move to a big city and, you know, do that. And that was like what I was sold as the dream, I guess. And so I did all that. And I just, um, I remember being like a month into my first job out of college and just being like, this is not all that there is. This is not like, what am I doing? I was like, I'm so unhappy. I know that that was being portrayed like and I was started remote because I graduated in 2020 and then was in the office. And I had someone ask me that was kind of like assigned as my mentor and like asked if I was okay, if I even liked the job. And I like kind of just said, yes, because you're obviously new in a position. I didn't know what, like, I didn't want to lose out on the opportunity. And I just felt like it was, like you said, so, so soul sucking. And I think as far as like how I feel about like what the, the kind of life that I want to create, I think that's something that is going to differ for everyone. So if you are you can be super feminine and like really excel in a corporate position. That is not, that does not speak well to my personality, but I'm not, I don't want to say like a feminine woman is not going to do well in a corporate role. I don't believe that, but um, I think it's just really following like what you feel like sitting with yourself and understanding, like letting your thoughts come through of like, what do I really want to do with my life? Where do I see this going? Do Is this position that I'm in? Is this advancing me towards that? Or is it like hindering potential progress towards that? And that's like how I took a look at um, my corporate experience. And I was also going through so much stuff with my health while I was in those positions. And I knew I wanted to go down this path eventually. And then um, it just seemed like the more I like got into corporate, the farther I was delaying that. So mm -hmm. um, I think just for me, as far as like understanding like feminine and masculine energies, I think obviously having a balance of both, but 
in like a work setting, I really wanted to, while I was still transitioning out of that, I went through two layoffs actually, which I think was really big divine redirection, like stop Mm -hmm. going down this path and you need to do what is actually like a calling to you and start working towards that. So that was what really pushed me in that direction. But I think it's really um, like if you feel like you, your job is not enhancing your femininity at all, or you feel a pull to like soften and not be so rigid. I was extremely rigid for a long time. I think just doing stuff that naturally pull that out of you. So I know for me, I really made a point. I moved to a new place and I made a point to really get involved in the community. Um, so I started working more with kids, which I hadn't done in a long time. I went from doing that a lot in high school to not so much afterwards. And I worked with, um, I worked on a goat farm. So I was around animals and I just like put myself out there for opportunities that would bring out that feminine side. And I guess like, it sounds cheesy, but like nurturing your inherent, like nurturing tendencies, like as a woman, we naturally have those. And so finding avenues, if for you, if that's like volunteering, even if it is something like just event planning or whatever it might be, just giving your time and service of something that you believe in or working for a women's health center or whatever it is can really help bring that out and maybe direct you down a path that you might not have known, but that you'll realize is you can have work that also supports like that feminine nature within you. Mm-hmm. Yes. I think that's so wonderful. And just for our audience, I think that there are like, there's a couple of different ways that you can think about masculine and feminine energy. Like there's the very kind of like energetic standpoint, mm-hmm. kind of spiritual standpoint, um, which I definitely take into consideration. But for me, you know, being a a fertility awareness coach and really mm-hmm. being into hormone health, I just think of the plain science of our hormonal fluctuations. Female energy is so much different than male energy. And I think that that's partly why for women, it is it is difficult to grind in a nine to five corporate job, because we're not, you know, rising with the sun and setting with the sun in the mm-hmm. same way that men are with their circadian rhythm we have this infradian rhythm that's the 28-ish day cycle and your hormones are literally on this like roller coaster I like to call it a wave I think that sounds a little bit more delicate Uh, and that's the thing that felt so um shameful to me before I really understood it because I was always a high performer being in a ballet that was really demanding job physically every day and you know you could show up to work one day and last one's great. Rehearsal one's great. You feel great in your leotard and tights and Mm -hmm. feel good about yourself. And then the next day you go in and you know, you're not, you're not on and like, you don't have the same amount of energy and like things just don't connect the same way. And when you don't understand what's going on, on a hormonal level in your body, it's so easy to blame yourself for not being good enough or not being able to do what you did yesterday. Like you're just constantly comparing. And Mm -hmm. then when you're able to like really understand what's going on throughout your cycle, you're able to just hone in on those times when like, okay, this is going to be a great time for me to get a bunch of stuff done. This is going to be a great time for me to take a break. This is when I'm going to like wrap everything up and, you know, clean things up, edit, tie blue ends, whatever it is. And it's kind of now that I mean, you can, it puts input to this too. But I think now that like, I understand that it's so much easier and uh, being self-employed, we have the flexibility to create our schedules, but there's still this disconnect of, you know, we still have to earn money and we've got this culture that mm-hmm. is so centered around something that's not supportive of our hormones. So that was more of a statement than a question. <laughs> yeah, no, I totally understand. And I, I feel like there's so like, I mean, I know you probably had the same experience. I wasn't taught that I wasn't taught that my hormones were constantly changing. And I grew up with two brothers and it was like, why are you being so emotional? Like stop, or you need to look, get a like grip on your emotions or just that kind of mindset. And I didn't under, I just remember like not understanding like, why is this happening? Why do I feel like I can't get a like hold on these? Whereas like I'm in, I have two brothers and they don't have that, those same like fluctuations. And I did not learn that until I was 22, that like my hormones are changing and that is going to impact everything about my day to day. And it's going to change every day. And you can either just like spend your life working against that. And, um, I mean, obviously, you know, I feel like with my daughters in the future, I'm going to teach them to like, when they 
first like go through puberty, I'm going to share that with them. But we, that kind of got lost in some generations between us. So I was, we weren't aware of that as a generation, Mm -hmm. but like showing how that can be something that you can understand and then work your life with it rather than spending your whole life working against it, which I did all through, like, even in high school before I was on birth control, I didn't understand. So it was just like, I just wanted to my period to stop. I wanted any, I didn't want to experience my hormones. I just wanted them to stop so I could feel like I could perform every single day. And that just ended up being so detrimental to like my health overall, because I did things that actively shut down my hormones and then had to go through a whole healing process, getting to the other side of that. So I know you and I both share a lot about like cycle syncing your lifestyle, which I'd never heard that term until a few years ago, but it is so true to track your cycle, understand what your hormones are doing and plan your life accordingly. And if you are in a, you know, a stable, like not stable, but like a consistent job where you have those consistent hours, you can still like plan your schedule around that and how you can optimize your performance rather than like planning things that might be a hindrance to you with what your hormones are doing in that week or that day. Yeah, absolutely. It just takes a little bit. You have to be a little brave in a sense to like decide that you're going to to do it this way. And maybe it'll take a couple of months, a couple of cycles to start to implement. But even if you're dividing it into your cycle into two halves, where the first mm-hmm. half is really about like creation and productivity and planning. And then the second half is about wrapping things up, finishing projects, you know, that uh, almost like nesting <laughs> kind yeah. of phase where you want to get ready for hibernation. That's how I think about it in my yeah, head. Yeah. Anyway, especially um, in the winter time. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, I think it just takes you know, more and more women trying these things, putting these practices into place to make it more of the norm. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I'm, you know, I'm not saying that women should leave the workplace. There's lots of fulfilling jobs for women. There's, you know, lots of passions that we're all pursuing. Um, but it, and it doesn't mean that you can't do the same thing that men are doing. I always say this just means yeah. you're doing it differently. Yeah. And, and, and like not shutting it down. Like you can perform, I fully believe like I can perform the same way a man can, but I have to have the understanding of my hormones so that I can go into that and perform that. If you're working against that, then you're not gonna, gonna get there. So I fully agree with that. And I feel like it is such like a superpower, I guess, to just uncover that and Mm -hmm. live your life accordingly. I feel like it saves a lot of like stress and heartache. And I think for me, I, um, like didn't understand rest. And if I was resting, it was very like, um, like I just felt so overwhelmed that I would just like shut down. Whereas now if I understand that how my hormones are fluctuating, I just have time in the month where it's like, I am respecting this and I'm going to take mm-hmm. some time to go inward to reflect, to rest and slow my body down. I'm not going to feel like I need to be at a hundred percent. And if you understand how that's working, you can kind of not necessarily like schedule it, but have awareness around it so that mm-hmm. you are getting the rest you need. And it is like working in tandem with your hormones rather than not. Yeah. And I feel like that's almost like the not being able to rest is like layered on top of this other issue of us, like constantly being in this masculine energy. It's definitely related, but it's also like, I feel like a society wide issue where we feel so guilty for resting. And it's so Mm -hmm. hard, even still, like, even though I, I tell myself, I have a built in vacation every cycle, at least take Mm -hmm. a day or two, like during your period, or I usually am really worn down the few days before Mm -hmm. just to rest, because you're going to be able to take yourself so much further if you have recharged your batteries, but there's so much shame and guilt around even rest, not even getting to the layer of hormones. Um, what are some things that have helped you be able to like, I don't want to say productively rest, but like truly rest and recharge yourself? Yeah, I think it really like comes down to looking at your month as a whole. And I feel like I have goals that I want to achieve for the year and then also for the month. And I do have a problem with like feeling like I need to be too productive. Like I'm still unlearning that thing, those Mm -hmm. like tendencies of feeling like I have to be productive all the time. Um, but it's like a slow process of, of unlearning that. But I think I just look at my month and I have, you know, you have things that are scheduled that maybe it doesn't work as well with your hormones as you would want it to, but it's something that it's a commitment and you are going to see that through regardless of if you are at a lower 
time of the month. Um, but I think I just look at the month ahead and plan it accordingly. So I look at my workouts and how I'm moving. I, that's a huge part. Um, I've noticed if I, I weight lift and if I go too hard during my menstrual phase, then the next menstrual phase, I will have more PMS symptoms because I didn't respect what my body was doing. Um, so I think looking at how you move and not feeling like you have to be like lifting heavy weights or doing a bunch of hit on the times of the month where your hormones aren't lined up with that being beneficial performance wise. So I look at that Mm -hmm. and then I really just take time, um, to like, not only just like rest, like I don't want the rest to just be like, I don't want to feel lazy during it. Cause I don't want it to be like, Oh, I'm on my period. I can, I, this is an excuse for me to be lazy and not do anything. So I really look at it as a time that I can journal or, um, like meditate or whatever it is, like whatever practice you might have where you can take some time for reflection and looking at if there's things in your life that maybe you're not, you're not happy with, or if there's stuff that you're still cultivating or whatever it may be, obviously we're all like on a path of continuing to move forward and grow. I feel like, especially if you're listening to this podcast or in this space, that's a goal for everyone. Um, so taking that time to spend time like inward and reflecting, going on walks, having like light movement or taking time to stretch and maybe like get some tension out of my hips through different yoga is really what I do. And I just look at it as a, an area where I can slow down. And yes, like I do, I will like sit and watch a movie. Like I'm not saying Mm -hmm. that you have to like plan everything out. Like I definitely take my time to like, feel like I don't have to have my mind going and my body going and I can just completely relax and like enjoy entertainment or whatever it may be for you that you feel like you can fully like not shut down, but you can fully like remove from all the craziness of life. So just looking at it that way and looking month to month of like how you can plan that and how you can Mm -hmm. work that into your schedule. And then, um, I feel like it comes to with, if you are new to tracking your cycle, like it'll take obviously a couple months to understand even what each phase is doing, where you are, like if there are, if it is irregular, like getting to the bottom of that so that you can, create a regular cycle and like really feel like six months from now, I probably know when I'm going to be menstruating and when I'm going to be ovulating because I have been tracking my cycle. So I could plan that that far ahead. But if you're not there yet, just taking the time to just like notice those markers that your body's giving so that you can get to a point where your month is scheduled around that. Mm -hmm. You made such a good point about working out heavily during your period because that's something that I've gotten pushed back in the past before because there's been this kind of thought that, oh, you need to like sweat it out or like push through the pain and then you're just going to feel better afterwards. Or like perhaps you do feel like you can perform better um, around that time of the month. But what's happening is you're relying on stress hormones because mm-hmm. your actual like female hormones are really low. They're bottomed out because you're about to have your period. Mm-hmm. So even if you can push through that workout and, you know, achieve whatever it is you're looking to achieve, you're going to pay for it later in your cycle. Either your recovery time is going to be longer, or you're like, you said, you're going to have more PMS the next cycle around. So our periods are always a report card of what we did the previous cycle. So you can, I know. Yeah, it's so true. I, I, I'll even now, like even, um, like having been through a lot with rebalancing my hormones or whatever, like this last cycle, I, got knocked down. And I think I've had a lot of stress in my life. I wasn't handling it well. And my period was like, you're going to have these, like, this is, we're showing you like, you need to reevaluate maybe how you're managing stress or whatever it may be. Cause, um, it's just such a sign of like, Oh, I'm having symptoms that my body is clearly telling me something needs to be like rebalanced. And I can't go on like this because I don't want to have any sort of symptoms like this on a recurring basis. And it really is like, I know, I think it's like the sixth vital sign, like it shows you so much about your health, if you are willing to tune into it, like your body is giving you these signs all the time, you just have to be aware of them. And thankfully, if you get to a point where you do have the awareness, then you can just continuously tweak because I know if I do have a a cycle that has um, more symptoms that are like would be considered negative, I know like, Oh, what what did my nutrition look like last month? Did I like slack on some things that I eat more inflammatory foods. Like, was I traveling? Was like things out of balance for me there? Or like, was I not as um, like stress management? Was I not as good at that? Or was I overwhelmed and not handling it well? And it really shows you, um, it gives you like an idea of what the last month looked like and then exactly what you can do in the next month to 
balance that back out and then hopefully not have those symptoms when your cycle comes around again. Yeah, totally. Our body is always talking to us. And that's such a, even just that, like understanding that is such a great mindset shift to make. So I remember a couple of years ago, just being so frustrated and feeling like a victim in my body because I had horrible acne and I was constantly fatigued. I had brain fog, I was getting migraines, I was inflamed, um, you know, all these things. And it just starts to feel like, oh, like I'm just unwell. And this is like how I feel all the time, all the time. Yeah. <laughs> and then when you start to shift that perspective and be like, okay, like, what does this mean? What does this acne mean? Why am I so tired? Why is my brain so foggy? Then we start to get to the root and that's where things start to really fall into place. And we start to feel better. Um, and also to your point about like finding that like true relaxation, like whatever it is that recharges you. I, um, I just remembered that this year I made a list in my notes app. I was like, what are things that like I enjoy or like, what are things that like really bring me joy or fill me up? And I made a list of like five or six things, reading, um, you know, getting some body work, going to the sauna, spending time outside. Um, and a lot of like, some of these things are things like that I would tell myself, I don't have time to do that. I don't have time mm -hmm. to read a book, even though that's like something that I've loved my entire life. But even I think just making that list, because I found it in my notes app uh, recently, and I was like, Oh, yeah, I made this list. And like, I kind of that it helped, it stuck with me. And I did implement more of those things. And it was something that I it was almost like imperceptible, but I did feel this shift once I really started to lean into those things where I was like, Okay, I'm not like, so tightly wound all the time. And like, thinking so far ahead all of the time, because you just start to spiral yeah. with a lot of things when especially when you're pressuring yourself to be productive. We need that break. And that's something that I've also been thinking about a lot recently is how much fuller our lives are now than they were even like 50 years ago, or even when we were kids, I'm, I know mm -hmm. I'm a little bit older than you. Um, but you know, even growing up in the 90s and the two, early 2000s, we had time to be bored. Like there was, yeah. I remember when I first got a smartphone, I like, I was like, what do I do with this? Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't understand. And now it like is, it's attached to me and I kind of hate it. <laughs> yeah. I know. It's so weird with all of that. It really is. And we like our, our society has evolved so much faster than our actual like biology mm -hmm. has evolved. Like we are still, you know, we are still our biology. We not honoring our menstrual cycles. I actually just saw um, a post before we got on to record of like someone giving a tip of how you can like shut your menstrual cycle off because it's coming at an inconvenient time or something, which is, I've seen, you know, threads of people asking for advice because this trip is planned so-and-so and they're going to have their period. And it's like, I'm, I was that person a couple yeah. of years ago. I was happy to have my IUD that made me not have a, a period. Uh, and now I'm like, wow, I was so crazy. No wonder my body was like rebelling. Not against okay. Me. <laughs> yeah. You know? I remember with like roommates in college and everything, I had always, when I was on the pill, I would always have my period come. I understand now that, that it's not an actual period, but I would bleed every month. And I, then like junior year, I moved into a house with some girls and everyone, I don't think I know anyone that I was surrounded with in college that wasn't on birth control, which is like just a whole other thing as far as like what's pushed for women in society. But it was like people that I was living with or friends with or whatever, they would like just skip their placebo pills and just go to the next pack and then delay bleeding for like six plus months. And they're like, yeah, no, why would I why would I make that come if I like, it's horrible. Why would I want that? If I don't have to, I'm just going to go to the next pack and then my period will never come. And I just remember even then, even when I wasn't aware of it, I would skip mine. Like every other month I went through a phase of that, but mm -hmm. I was like six a month. Like your body needs to like, even though it's not a true period, like it still needs to like shed whatever it is that it's doing during that time. And I just, even though I didn't have the understanding that I do now, I was like, how is this normal for girls to be doing? And I think, um, I just feel so bad for people that see that as the only solution. I know I was very much in that, in that headspace. And that is huge for me. Like, I feel like I just want to scream it from the rooftops, like get off birth control. It's not doing for you what you think it is. And it is just a band aid for whatever problems you're 
experiencing or whatever you were prescribed for a lot of the time and or like in high school it's not necessarily to prevent pregnancy it's to kill your acne or like get rid of your cramps or whatever and I did the like I got on it for bad cramps and some acne and then when I got off of it my cramps came back and my acne came back like I was 22 and having the worst acne I've ever had in my whole life and it's like this didn't do anything for me this just still further delayed me being able to really address these symptoms. So I just, yeah, I feel so against it. I don't think there's really ever a reason to be on it. And I feel like I was also so much more masculine on birth control. Like even just the act of getting off of birth control just made me more feminine. I remember Mm -hmm. um, my twin brother, right when I got off of it, he was like, I forgot how, like what you used to be like. And that was just so eye opening for me. I was like, that's so right. I forgot. Like, I feel like it shut down parts of my personality that like being able to laugh easily or being like more kind or whatever it may be like that was shut down while I was taking it. And it's crazy to think that like something like that can change parts of your personality so much that like the people close to you can actually see a difference when you remove that from your life. Yeah, that is, Oh, I actually love that you brought that up because there are, you know, there are studies that say that birth control like alters our, um, our pheromones and like mm-hmm. our sense of smell and our choice of partner. Um, and so I met, I've been, had the same partner for going on 10 years now. I met him when I was not on birth control. Mm-hmm. And then after a while, I, we had like, we were together, we moved, we both moved across the country. When we got back together, I was on birth control. I had a hormonal IUD and I described that because I did like, I kind of double dipped. I tried the pill first and it like Mm -hmm. alarm bells within a couple of months. I was like, I feel not good. Like experiencing Mm -hmm. things I've never experienced before. So I stopped taking that. So I decided to go the IUD route and I described that as like the slippery slope. It's like this slow descent into all Mm -hmm. of these symptoms. But over the period of five years that I had it, it pushed me so far into my masculine energy that I I felt a different way about my partner not that I was not attracted to him but mm-hmm. I it was like we were like this all the time because I was so like hyper vigilant like in my masculine energy and also like stressed out about things <laughs> like I shouldn't have been stressed out about yeah And it also affects your libido and, you know, it affected just my mental health too. There are just so many layers and nobody's telling you that when you go to get it. I actually wanted Mm -hmm. the copper IUD when I went in and the nurses talked me into getting a hormonal IUD. So who knows what that would have been like if I had gone Mm -hmm. the non-hormonal route from the start. But once I got it removed, and it was a big decision for me, I kind of, because I had been telling people, it's so great. Like I don't get my period. (laughs) (laughs) I should get one. Um, And then I got it out. And it was almost like, instantaneous, how much I was like, Oh, yeah, this is what I feel like. Yeah, you're like flooded with like, literally progesterone. And it like, you feel like I felt like I was high. (laughs) Like I was like, I'm on like a natural high right now. I was giggling. And like, I was like, I don't know what's going on. And my brother was like, this is so crazy. I was living at home at the time. I was like, like, this is just so crazy to witness. And I just can't it's like, just that alone. It's like, wow if that, if it does that much, just within like a few days of getting off of that, I just, it's crazy to think what it does to you over like years and years. Yeah. And that's, I mean, it allows you to stay in that masculine energy. So if you are working in, um, you know, that kind of setting, it allows you to kind of just like shut that other stuff off and, you know, tune into this. I actually had, um, a really interesting conversation with Emma about that earlier this year. I can't remember what episode number that is, but, um, yeah, we got into that, how it kind of, it allows you to fit into the mold of what Mm -hmm. the men are doing. (laughs) I remember for me, yeah, for me too, like you mentioned the pheromones and everything. And because birth control makes you more masculine, like it does that just naturally by shutting down the communication between your brains and your reproductive organs. And it messes up your hormones and all of that. I remember being in college and wanting to be in a relationship so badly. And I was like, and it just wouldn't happen. It was like, I couldn't I didn't understand at the time, but it was like, I wasn't able to, the kind of person that I would have wanted, which was probably similar then to what it still is now, but on like a biological level, I could not attract that into my life. And I didn't understand at the time that birth control and 
other lifestyle decisions. And um, there's definitely more than one part of that, but that alone, like on a biological level, wasn't allowing me to attract the kind of man that I would want into my life. And it's crazy that, and I feel like I saw that a lot with friends or whatever, like dealing with drama with men at the time and just in a college environment, like a lot of girls are wanting to be in like a committed relationship like that with a guy that is masculine because you feel like you are feminine, you are wanting someone that is masculine and you don't understand that like you don't even have to communicate between like a man and a woman to like pick up on those energies. And if you Mm -hmm. are on birth control, chances are just without even speaking to you, like a man just subconsciously is like, they're not like, it's not like attracting in the way it should as like what a feminine and and a masculine would attract. And talking about like those energies, like how those relate is so much has to do with our hormones. So if you're manipulating those, and then you still want to be with someone that really compliments you in a masculine and feminine way, chances are birth control is not going to help you (laughs) achieve that in a partner at all. Yeah, because the polarity is not there. The same way we have that polarity within ourselves, like you want that in your relationship too. Otherwise, it's like same, same. Yeah, I know. And I didn't, yeah, I didn't realize that birth control could do that at all. Again, it's just all these things that you're not told when you're, how, like, I know, I don't know how old you are, but being like, I was still a minor at the time that I was put on it. A lot of girls are put on it when they are still minors. And I know it just gets younger and younger, (laughs) like, as the years go on. And it's like, you're not told how this impacts just like every facet of your life. And if Mm -hmm. I would have had a big warning label, which I know there's a lot in the package with like physical side effects, but they don't tell you just on like, this will change how you're able to attract opportunities and connections and people and how you're able to like go into relationships. It affects all of that. And I probably wouldn't have made that decision with all the knowledge that I have now. I feel like it was a learning experience. I'm, it helped shape who I am. It helped unlock a calling, I guess, that I have. But um, if I could spare my past self from that experience, I obviously would. <laughs> I know. I think about that. Like, would I have listened if I knew what I know now? And I'm not mm-hmm. sure. But also, when I went to get my pill prescription, when I went to get my IUD implanted, nobody said, hey, do you know that there is a direct correlation between hormonal contraceptives and uh, mental health disorders. Mm -hmm. And that's been known for a long time. Nobody told me about that. Nobody tells you that it's a class one carcinogen. Mm -hmm. There's not this informed consent. And that's why I, you know, I didn't start out teaching fertility awareness, but I really felt like that was something that needed to be included in this hormone health conversation, because you need to have all of the information in order to make, uh, an informed decision. Like you wouldn't hopefully go buy a car without asking to see the Carfax and like yeah. inspecting the inside. Like you want to know what you're getting yourself into, especially with something that you know, you're going to be taking every day, or it's going to be implanted inside of you for, you know, however long it is. Yeah. I know we t- kind of touched on the IUD. I definitely want to like touch on too, because I know people will say, Oh, well the copper copper IUD isn't hormonal. So it's fine. Like if you're going to be on it, it's fine. And I, and just like very against birth control as a whole. And I feel like even though it is not directly harming your hormones, you are still putting a foreign object in your uterus. So just like picturing what that is like to me, that just feels so barbaric that I personally would never make that decision. Um, So I feel like for people that are like trying to justify, oh, it's not hormonal, so I'll continue this way. I want to emphasize, and I know you do as well, as far as like just tracking your cycle having awareness of it. And like, I know you teach the FEM method. So doing something like that, where you're able to just track it and understand and then behave accordingly. If you are trying to prevent pregnancy, you can handle it that way. And I, I always reference this now. I know you shared a quote on Instagram of like, if you, I'm not going to word it correctly, but, um, birth control is a hundred percent of effective, effective on the days that you like, it's, 0% chance that you can get pregnant, which we understand that now that you can only get pregnant, you're only fertile for like six days out of the month when the eggs release and when sperm can fertilize that. Um, So yes, birth control is working 100% other parts of the month. And so what is the point of taking something or having something implanted in your body for that short of a time when you think of like the scale of those Mm -hmm. amount of days compared to the amount of days that it's just physically impossible for you to get pregnant? 
Yeah, I love that quote, birth control, all birth controls are 100% effective on non-fertile days. So most of the month, all birth control works. And I'm actually putting together the new coursework for my uh, new website where it's going to be a self-guided fertility awareness program. And I was putting in the stats of the effectiveness because, you know, I'm sure people are skeptical if they've been on birth control, like, how can I just get rid of this and not get pregnant if I don't want to? Well, the pill is 92% effective with typical Mm -hmm. use and fertility awareness method with the way that I teach it, where we're tracking um, external biomarkers, Mm -hmm. 92 to 98% effective with typical use. So it's, you know, it's not that much of a difference and you're not putting a carcinogenic pharmaceutical into your body every day. Um, And of course the implants and IUDs and things are 99% effective, but we have side effects. And I said before that I double dipped, but I actually triple dipped because I did try the copper IUD as well. I had it for a little over a year, maybe a year and a half. Mm -hmm. And I thought I'm still going to be able to, you know, maybe track biomarkers like cervical mucus and Mm -hmm. I'm just going to have a regular cycle. Totally messes with biomarkers. And also I thought I had PMDD when I had my copper IUD, it affected my moods so greatly. Like you're still getting copper in your Mm -hmm. body, which, you know, we need small amounts of heavy metals, but we don't need a ton of them. And so I, during that time was just really battling with my mental health, especially around like the time of my menstrual cycle and just thinking, I'm the pro again, thinking I'm the problem. I'm the reason that I'm having conflict in my relationships. I'm the reason why I can't get anything done, why I have no motivation. Uh, and then as soon as I got it out, I felt so much better. Yeah. So I, you know, I've tried everything, almost everything. <laughs> I know there's really no comparison to just experiencing your normal hormonal fluctuations. Yeah. And there's no side effects like to just tracking your cycle. You're not going to experience negative side effects. And if you do still have like maybe you're dealing with different like mental issues. Like we all have periods in life of like those fluctuations. Mm -hmm. I think that those were taught that like, Oh, if you're feeling anything to just shut it down again, that's just Mm -hmm. like goes into like the society that we're all living in. But like, it's natural to feel down and have Mm -hmm. a period, like periods of down. You don't need to address that or be prescribed anything for that. Um, And I think understanding that that comes naturally, but when I was on birth control, it felt like, all the time I was unhappy. I didn't understand why I was so upset. It seemed like everyone around me was like happy and enjoying like their interactions with each other and enjoying the social aspect of where I was in at that phase of life. And I was like, why can I just like not be happy? Why does it seem like everything's going wrong for me? And I just didn't ever understand that. And even now, like I said, when I have phases of feeling more down or emotional fluctuations, I don't ever like beat myself up over that. I don't ever feel like something's wrong with me now, which just even that awareness is so healing to just feel like I'm just a human. I'm supposed to experience these things and I don't need to shut them down. And I don't, I also don't need to like blame myself for them. But when you're taking something that's manipulating your, your hormones, and I didn't realize either, like everything's interconnected. So if you go to a doctor, they're going to say, Oh, it doesn't matter. Like it's just, you're just gonna like not be able to get pregnant while you're taking this. But they would act like it doesn't affect like everything about your biology, but we are so interconnected. So if you're taking anything that's manipulating any part of any system in your body, other things are going to be impacted by that. And I didn't realize that at the time. And that's not really shared with us. Like I developed arthritis being on birth control. Like you are more likely to get an autoimmune condition when you are on birth control. You are more likely to have gut issues when you're on birth control. And I experienced all of that on and healing. And again, it's like someone would have told me that this could impact like my autoimmune system or my immune system as far as like my joints or could impact my digestion and anything like that, which that can really just impact your day to day. I just, again, probably would not have made the decision to take something like that. So I feel like it's just not being too hard on yourself with, if you are still taking something that's manipulating your hormones, like understanding that if you're feeling a certain way, it probably is that medication that's causing it rather than like actually having faults within yourself. And then also if you are receiving other diagnoses, like looking into like, oh, is birth control linked to this? Like, could that 
it, maybe it's not something completely wrong with me, but am I taking something that has a direct link and studies that have proved that it is linked and maybe that can reevaluate what you're doing as far as the medication that you're on. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, going back to like our natural biology, like we were built this way for a reason. We were meant to ovulate each cycle. And when that happens, then there's this whole process that makes sure we're getting the right balance of hormones and that progesterone that we get after ovulation. Mm -hmm. It's important for our mental health, our bone health, um, literally everything, making sure we get enough sleep. Uh, it just, is kind of like that missing key in it. Like I'd like to call it the ovulation cycle, (laughs) the menstrual cycle, because you're not having a period if you are not ovulating. And that even that is something like we were not taught these things when we were young. Yeah. We, you know, and I think too, also like, you know, when I was in fifth grade with this, maybe have been a little bit too big of a conversation mm-hmm. to have probably, but is there a way to like layer this information over the course of a couple of years as you know, we're all coming of age? Probably. Yeah. I know. I feel like we are a generation of, you know, people that have been damaged by birth control or gone through some sort of healing. I like, I do think shifts will happen with what we pass on to young girls that are coming up after us just with like the knowledge that we have and how we can share that with them. And I'm excited for that. I'm like, I feel so called to not only spare like the next generation, but just people now, like if you are on birth control now, like I feel so called to just maybe just give you a different perspective. If you have never heard that this might be harmful to you, like having all these people, all these women now that are aware of it and that are online and sharing that. And that, you know, if I would have been at the time, like maybe in 2018 or whatever, when I was diagnosed with arthritis and dealing with some tough things as a result of poor lifestyle choices and being on birth control. And I would have been on Instagram and found someone like you or someone that was sharing content. I think I would have been like, Oh, wow. I didn't, I didn't know this. And I feel like it's so cool that that information can be exposed that way. And people can, you know, find resources to better their lives just from being on social media. I think that's a big benefit. And, um, I think it's just great to like give people that information and maybe help them find a way to remove that. And like all that goes hand in hand, like healing your hormones and reconnecting with your femininity, that is going to just be a natural like process that is together. And so, um, like one will kind of lead to the other, no matter which way you find yourself like down that path. Yeah. Yeah. I think about, uh, I mean, I've talked to women that have been on birth control since they were 12 years old for heavy periods, or, you know, it's been years that they're on hormonal contraceptives and they just feel so like blessed for lack of a better Mm -hmm. word, like so disconnected from themselves. And, you know, for the women that have been on it for 15, 20 years, like I think about how they're missing out on a piece of of themselves and, you know, there is this path forward. It's just, you know, a matter of finding the right practitioner that can help guide you and hold your hand and give you some help because it's not as daunting as it's made out to be. I've seen headlines recently because there is, I think, a big movement. I mean, we're both in this space online, so I think we both Mm -hmm. see a lot of this type of content. Um, but there is a movement of women getting off of hormonal contraceptives. And I've seen big name publications writing articles and framing it as a bad thing or like, what is the consequence going to be? Um, because apparently we can't be trusted yeah. with our hormones, <laughs> I know. <laughs> but we're here to break that mold. And I'm, I'm really excited for what 2024 is going to mm-hmm. bring in the women's health space and seeing how that's going to continue to evolve and helping more women take control of, of everything about their lives and having that informed consent. Um, so what would you like to see in the world of wellness in 2024? Yeah, I think, um, just like, I'm excited for the ripple effect, the like continuing, like the, the pool of like women that are experiencing these changes, like that just continues to grow. And that's so exciting. Cause I think that will really create some real change as far as just informed consent, you know, it is your decision to be on birth control. If that's something that you choose, I fully believe in our freedom of choice to, um, like if you want to put something in your body, feel free to do that. But, um, I think just, it's not necessarily freedom of choice if you do not have them all the information at hand. So I think just being part of a movement that is changing that and that is helping people, helping women heal if they are on birth control, but also 
hopefully enacting some real change as far as like what we're pushing towards young girls that just by nature of their age are not really fully able to consent. Um, so how that pushes forward and how that I think will just create a generation of people that are just embodied in their femininity and that that will just like trickle into all parts of society as far as like a healing that needs to take place there. And I think that really does start with the individual, like reclaiming their cycle and their hormones and um, their femininity and how that, I think that if you are a woman that has experienced the journey of becoming more feminine, you can just see in your own life, how that like spreads out, how you interact with people differently, how you feel like you are more of a light in people's life than you might've previously been. And that just will continue to like spread. And I just think that that is such a cool part of any sort of healing journey. Mm -hmm. I love it. Um, what are, so I want to, I always like to ask my guests this yeah. at the end, what are some of your favorite wellness practices right now? Maybe especially yeah. that we're in this winter season. I know winter is such, I, I really respect the slowing down cause I'm, I'm living in the mountains. So I'm a big hiker and I weight lift and I do yoga. Those are like really big parts of my identity, but in the winter specifically, I really read a lot more. I feel like I take, um, if I like have the free time and it's nice and sunny out, I'm probably just going to go sit outside. I don't necessarily bring a book, but I'll just go enjoy nature and maybe bring a journal. But reading is a big thing for me in the winter time. Um, I have a few books that I was given for Christmas. I actually got from PMS to menopause, which is by Dr. Ray Pete, my brother and my mom got that cool. for me for Christmas. I'm excited for the information. I've been wanting to read that for many years now and it wasn't available um, and then a man is now reprinting it. So it's affordable. Cause if you looked on Amazon, it was like hundreds of dollars. It's um, hard to find his works. I've looked before. Yeah. I'll send you the link to the book. Cause I, I'm just not a PDF person. Like if I have to go and read a PDF for something, I obviously will, but I'm a, like, I am a physical book person as far as mm -hmm. for like learning. So I'll send you the link to, if you're interested in getting it, yes, but, awesome. um, yeah, definitely reading. And then just like learning to enjoy, I, um, I'm new to a winter season and I don't last year I kind of like used that as an excuse to not get as much time in nature and so this winter it's really like learning to enjoy the snow and bundle up and still have the time that I need to be outside and in nature and that's very healing for me and um learning how to navigate that with the weather so I feel <laughs> you on that next few months will look like yeah I feel you yeah it's kind of um I haven't had winters for like eight or nine years since I mm -hmm. lived in Chicago and I was just miserable there. But I think the mental health piece is huge in being able to enjoy the snow and just um, also like, I think connecting to the seasonality within your body with the hormonal fluctuations, it's made me appreciate the winter season more. Mm -hmm. And like, I also have three dogs, so I, I have yeah. to go outside. I have no choice, yeah. um, but just finding time to enjoy that. I think it's really yeah. special. Definitely. So I love we're it. Winter, winter mountain girlies now. I know. Yeah. We're like, <laughs> yeah, we're, I will slowly become that. I'm going to start skiing. I'm sure eventually I'm not there yet, but just adapting. I love the mountains. So if you love them as much as you or I do, I'm sure that you kind of have to accept the, the winter is just part of it. So just learning to totally. love it. Um, well, thank you so much for coming on Merit. This was such a lovely conversation. I would love for you to tell the audience how they can connect with you and work with you and find you all the good things. Yeah. So my Instagram is at replenished lifestyle. So feel free to connect with me on there. I'm definitely most active on there. I'm working on, um, growing some other social media. I'm, I'm debating about a TikTok. We'll see if I end up starting that in the new year, just to like reach maybe a different audience there, but that's the best place to reach me. And then you can just look at the link in my bio. If you want to schedule with me through Calendly, I offer a free 30 minute discovery call to just chat about what your experience is and your symptoms and decide if it's a mutual good fit to work together. So if you feel called, I would love to connect that way, but yeah, just everything on Instagram for right now. And um, yeah, we can connect there, send me a DM or follow, follow the link in my bio to schedule. And, um, that's definitely the best place for now. Awesome. Well, I'll definitely link all of that in the show notes. Merit shares some really awesome content in her reels and her posts. So definitely check it out. I want to thank everyone in the audience for joining me. I'm happy to be back with season two of the podcast here in 2024. I would be so appreciative if you share this episode with a friend, if you follow the show, leave a review, all of it helps to grow the community and grow the message. And I'll talk to you next week. 
Bye. Thanks, Caitlin. Bye.